have you ever found yourself in a world of trouble? But trouble was the least of your problems. It was bad luck, or at least luck of some kind. What I say to you now may not seem relevant today, because I'm here, right? I'm doing a podcast. But the truth of the matter is, it's very important for me because I've had a set of bad lucks yesterday. Uh, network, internet connections were having problems connecting. I don't know whether I messed it up. Scanners didn't seem to detect anything. Malware bytes and a bus, no viruses, no malwares. But I had a blue screen, so there's that scary. The ironic part of it is I have two laptops and I have a bunch of old cell phones lying down that can connect to the Wi-Fi. All the cell phone Wi-Fi's were working. Old laptops weren't different configurations. And then uh, another dagger hits. I needed to eat something very important. Normally, I... I don't need to cook, even though I don't need, I don't know how to cook, because I eat what you could say the barest of things, a piece of uh, banana, uh, vegetables. Sometimes I, I cook, or rather, sometimes I prepare uh, a unique thing, like say uh, eggs, right? Eggs that. Uh, sort of mash up with uh, veggies, oatmeal, just threw it around. Problem is, uh, I live in a world that doesn't believe I'm an adult. And that's how this whole thing started. On this very day, my parents will cook for me something that was fancier. Not so over, so over fancy, but fancier than the normal food I need to take. But they sent me to a psych ward. I needed to accumulate my body to the cheapest of things. Like, I cannot spend anything anymore. Because, uh, let's just say, I won't take any more money from them. If I do right now, and I, trust me, I have, and I think it's a loan. I don't know on, the, on their part what that means. They agreed to those conditions. It's all for learning. It's all for things like, I'm going to drop this as soon as COVID is over. And I, and you might think this is me just bullshitting, but it's the truth. For the past year, I never took anything from them because I have, despite being constantly put into a uh, situation where I was messed up, sent inside a, a ward with uh, basically no guarantee of ever going out. Ever, after I get out of a ward, I have to check up with a psychiatrist who doesn't do anything to me except ask me how I am. They don't improve your life, they worsen it. And if you say the wrong things, they'll increase your meds. Happened to me, trust me. Uh, I knew I was fucked. So, you know, in this particular day, this certain, what people normally use the word trigger, wasn't a trigger, it was a dagger. Because I had a message lab. I have a mess up situation with the laptops. I needed to learn fast. Trust me, once I'm 
my own, I don't have enough money to just buy laptops and use laptops or pay for internet connections. Uh, and I have to manage my food. I have to promote my body. I'm obese right now. And I have to go extremely, like, no meat, but enough veggies, enough of that extreme frugality. And this a bunch of people send me to a place and they don't understand that because they don't care about my lifestyle. In fact, I needed to have a high BP inside that sideboard for them to allow me to eat salads every day inside that ward that they brought in. And people thought they were doing me a favor, but they don't realize was this word of saying people were feeding me junk foods or feeding, they were cooking for me and doing all the stuff that they think are favors. And people think that's sort of a good thing, like love, parental love, all that shit. But then they ignore getting sent into uh, a ward. So in here, I wanted to start with the two, uh, the two halves of my story. Two halves that defined what I was before I was psychwork. The first of this file is called uh, Not Getting Things Done. It was supposed to be a book about my experiences before they send me in again. This is chapter one. This is it. The time productivity guides became useless. The time they left me behind in a place called Plainview Custodial Ward. The blue prison door shut behind me. God, it was so long ago I'm not even sure I got the colors right. The place was called Plainview, a halfway house where all manners of people live from drug addicts to the mentally ill. It didn't fit the nice sounding definition it has in Wikipedia though. This was no replacement for a rehabilitation center. Where was this place going to cure a mentally ill person? Not that I was labeled mentally ill prior to this. God, my memory of this place is vague and fucked up. The reason I was here had to do with my disagreement with my parents regarding my grandmother's operation. My father had lied to me saying there was no way to get a second opinion on her condition because you had to bring her body to a different hospital. Worse, the relative doctor was treating her, shouted, M.I. is M.I. in front of me and my grandmother when I needed her permission to get a second opinion, but thankfully she signed the papers anyway. Worse, the relative doctor was treating her, shouted, M.I. is M.I in front of me and my grandmother when I needed her. Oh, sorry, that's the same. Worse, my family saw this as a problem with me rather than with the doctor. Even my grandmother would say to me in Chinese, don't anger Dr. Bebe. The nickname my family calls Dr. Susan Lee of Metropolitan Medical Center. I wish I knew more of that system though. The only reason I found out about the process with obtaining a second opinion was because I talked to someone in Asian Hospital and Medical Center. Unfortunately, this was a random call and I didn't think to jot down the doctor's name. I followed this mistake up by handing the second opinion, the sole evidence to everything that happened to a relative looking over my grandmother, thinking she would explain the situation to my parents. I did this because I had overestimated her kindness based on our conversation and connected to my mother. To this day, the entire family will be mom about it whenever I bring up the second opinion which I had handed to her. The worst example of this is when one day I confronted my father when my father said I can be true to him, which became a catalyst for my third side guard admission. If I remember correctly, it took one and a half years of being inside a hellhole before I got out. 
All day, we were required to take risperidone even prior to meeting doctors and staff who smoked cigarettes up to the filter before trading it to the inmates. By then, my grandmother had died and I had been denied the right to visit her before she died. Ironic since, after her death, I'm duty-bound to visit the temple where her ashes are when it goes against my values. I simply don't see the point in praying for the dead. You want to cherish someone's life? Do it while they are living. Not that it will surprise me how she couldn't hold on. Metropolitan Medical Center discharged her earlier on saying she was fine and could go home and as soon as she got out of the hospital bed, the heart attack immediately hit her. This was how bad the relative doctor was at diagnosing the severity of her illness. Dr. Susan Lee was just as bad at taking care of my silver-ridden grandfather before he died, diagnosing his death as depression, with recommending a psychiatrist months prior to his health decaying completely. Of course, this trio of my grandmother, mother, and father will excuse, excuse this behavior as him just not wanting to eat. If you doubt how a family can be blind to someone being depressed, consider this. If his friends and co-workers will not be informed of his passing even after death, I found out about this personally because I was the one who informed his co-workers. When I went to the province of the Dupan, a very long way away from Manila, the capital of the Philippines. The one lone person who might know is the boss of the lumber factory because according to my father, he visited the funeral. Why he didn't inform the rest of the crew? I have no idea since I don't know what he looks like. What little I know of productivity had abandoned me. I had not read anything about such a place. Prison would have been a better place if only due to knowing when you'll be going out even if it takes years. I can't prove this to anyone though since I've never gone to jail for drug use or otherwise. Later on in my my cousin, Don Jason Espiritu, will inform me that I was labeled by the resident doctor, Dr. Aprelan, bringing bipolar. That sealed the deal of any chance of anyone believing my side of the story when it comes to why I shouldn't be sent to that place. Even today, people will talk about my illness wherever I tell this tale. Is it any surprise why I will later be diagnosed as depressed? I thought that hard work, grit, determination will open up a slim chance of making a miracle happen. I was mistaken. Sorely, sorely mistaken. After I was discharged, I took a few weeks off, pretending nothing was wrong. Then I sought out a psychiatrist, Dr. Imelda Batar, to tell her of a former patient of hers, Jun Manlapat, is banging the doors inside plain view because he was claustrophobic, and yet staff would close the door behind him, and all I got was a recommendation to undergo electroconvulsive therapy because I made the mistake of mentioning I was a suicidal. If I thought things were bad, it was only going to become worse. I will be exposed to my first psych ward admission. The only good part is that Dr. Batar would cancel out the diagnosis for bipolar, citing how I didn't fit the label that was not prescribed lithium, which is a pain at the time since like a fair trade-off, depression for bipolar. I was mistaken, sorry, sorry mistaken. Throughout my sessions with Dr. Batar over the years, I will follow two more things. I was previously being diagnosed with ADHD, but he canceled out once I didn't show the symptoms, something I don't recall as having. She wrote down schizoaffective depression on the paper when she commanded that I get a person with disability card. This being the first time I heard anything about being diagnosed with schizoaffective, 
which had something to do with deletions and hallucinations, a topic we never talk about. Clearly, I approached a doctor, a wrong doctor when it comes to being transparent with my label. Unfortunately, medical CP psychiatric rules state that no outsider, psychologist, psychiatrist is allowed to be representative once you are admitted inside. At least, that's how it was relayed to me. The only thing left that defines my free choice from this point on is a label that states all the morals and values behind my actions are caused by a chemical imbalance, not by a psychological or a philosophical free will. Not by the power of all that is good, only concepts that are pending up to your psychiatrist's assessment. It was, as someone once said, put a cage wolf in a place where it is fed constantly, and it too will turn into a pig. And section. If Anchor FM allows me to record another section of the video later on, I will uh, read from a more positive one. Right now, this is it. If it doesn't, I'll stop here after the and the transition will just end with a normal transition. This is the second uh, article from medium.com. Uh, Glowing is slowly how five days and four nights in Puerto Princesa, Princesa changed my trauma. Quote, I think what you call nightmares is when there is not yet a fairy tale to replace an ugly old one. Some Anon from Hickey Chan. February 5, 2017. Years have passed, yet my seasons of fear continues to worsen. Disclaimer, the low account isn't for everybody. Many of you will not want to hear my take on suicide. A few of you will not be able to empathize. Some of you will think I'm still depressed. That's why I'm not writing this for the general public. I'm writing this for you, my doppelganger. And I hope you get to read this if ever this article disappears from the web. My story begins with that of my grandfather. He had just retired and was soon bedridden on the sofa and was being regularly checked on by a doctor who was a relative of ours. I wanted to get him a psychologist, but he was Chinese and I didn't know any psychologist then. Plus, I was dealing with my own trauma and I had never stepped out of the house for years. Alas, I was too late and he died of depression. On his death certificate, it was written. It was then that I started growing distrust from the family doctor. How could a medical doctor deem the death of my grandfather as depression without even attempting to give him psychiatric help? And how was it not obvious that the person who mostly sleeps on the sofa not be depressed? So why was this illness not treated immediately? More importantly, why were my parents so insistent that he was all right and just needed to eat? I took the province to Dublin, where he worked, to investigate. But alas, that was a dead end, and, he even, and I even had Ida, my grandfather's former aide, ask me some weird question like, don't I respect or love my parents? Although, to be honest, I have long forgotten that specific question. As I was partly on a mission there to hand her the death certificate, as well as to inform my grandfather's co-workers of his death, the fact that my parents withheld from me, from these people, despite they being the ones that made my grandfather laugh and smile when he was around them. Years go by and my grandmother had a heart attack, and again my family sought the same relative to treat her. And again it was fishing, just as mysterious this time. 
My father would tell me that there was no way to seek a second opinion because you would have to move the body of my grandmother. Turns out that was wrong and I had to find out from someone else. It was also fishy how everything seems rushed. My grandmother got okay from the doctor to be released, only to have another heart attack immediately hit her as she got out of the bed. And I was speaking the forms to allow her to get a second opinion. The family doctor started shrieking at me and shouting, Am I is am I? Without, with my grandmother constantly saying back, Acting, sister, a baby, the doctor's nickname. It's scary. Don't get her angry in Chinese. If uh, my Chinese is correct, it will sound like Fuken, really. Sound like Ati Bebe Yakinalang. Bimang Toi Yesin. Failure number one, putting all my chips on the angel among the devils and paying the price for it. Besides the direct family members watching over my grandmother at the hospital, there is one more from the mother's side who was taking care of my grandmother. There's not much to be said here except she was the kindest person around. That's why when I got the second opinion, it was to her that I handed my only copy thinking that she could explain the situation to my parents. That second opinion copy was never mentioned again. Even as I constantly remind my parents that it was to her that I handed it, they would be just mum about it. You can't always expect the truth from others. Honestly, this was a card that uh, I was supposed to return in Bahay Kalibay, but I somehow found it. I thought I should have kept it. So It says underneath, I can't always expect the truth from others, but I can expect it from myself. Quote, torture often has a straightforward Torture often has a straightforward goal, to break the victim's will and to intimidate others who fear that torture will also be inflicted on them. Anyone who has worked or been a patient on a psychiatric ward has witnessed daily attempts to break the will of patients by limiting their freedom and activities, treating them like children, making threats, using physical restraint and isolation, and ultimately inflicting drugs and electroshocks to render the individual helpless. End quote. Stay aside where I destroyed my life is an understatement. The fact is that it continue, continues to destroy my life because I have to continue to breathe with the very people that sent me there. And worse, it began with Plainview, which is a custodial ward slash home care for the not elderly. And not a psych ward as far as I know. Prior to being sent to Plainview, I was hospitalized with my leg first, so I had a couple of days to walk to talk about my grandmother with my parents. My parents never bothered to talk to me about it. Instead, I had a random chit chat with my uncle for days about nothing as he was the one there monitoring my health. The same uncle who would say to me, why couldn't the lamb at her side Chuffin's family be contacted instead? As he, along with his wife, Lucy Spirito lied to me about where we were going, and Lucy even told me that they're inside a prison was where I was going to make wooden dinosaurs in order to earn money for my grandmother's operation. For a year and a half, I had to endure the hellhole of bakery, where we were subjected to junk food TV shows and books upon request were censored, and living with drug addicts, hallucinating people, and people who were into fights. It wasn't that those people were bad company. It was that these people made you question your own rights to be honest as a human being. I never took drugs, barely got into fights, I had not been diagnosed with a mental disorder prior to being here and yet was still confined inside as if I was a criminal of the society. This was a place where you fake with your doctor only visits you once a month and they fake ask you how you were 
how you are where everyone has handed respiratory plus some worse drugs for the ones who truly weren't of sound mind without much of a diagnosis. This was a place where your probation officer is the son of Luz and Ronnie Espiritu, where they bring you a burger and you have to pretend everything was all right just to get out sooner. This was a place where they buried me so that I could not even visit my grandmother's funeral. This is a place where I became existentially dead. This is a place, this is a price I get for believing not just in my parents, but in my former second parents, Luz and Ronnie Espiritu. How something like this can exist opened my eyes to the fact that while for some, this might be scary. This is scarier because the rules of justice just doesn't exist by virtue that everything is viewed as welfare rather than incarceration, not just by the prison guards, but by the prisoners themselves. Although, since many of them could easily have fallen into prison, I don't blame them for thinking this was an act of goodwill bestowed by their guardians. Failure 2 Believing in a new hope where there is none to be found, it was here that I met a claustrophobic person named Jimal Lapat, who whom had a psychiatrist named Dr. Imelda Batar. It wasn't that I couldn't search for different psychiatrists, but here was a name that seemed like she could help June who was constantly being lapped inside and banging the door and requesting it to be unlocked only to have the staff tell him that it is all in his head. I never did get to help June despite finding his doctor, but then again, I never realized how deep the rabbit hole went until I met Dr. Batar, and by that I mean it wouldn't have mattered. No one was going to save June in plain view except for himself. So this is my warning to you. Beware how much fascism can be compartmentalized in a third world country, since the fact that it becomes softer means less people, including your fellow inmates, will believe you were in an evil place. Quote, hospital psychiatry with its emphasis on the control of inmate behavior through high-risk behavior modification programs, biological treatments, physical and mechanical restraints, Locked doors and wards and seclusion, isolation rooms have always exhibited several fascist elements. I want to focus on three, fear, force, and fraud. These are the guiding principles and policies used to control citizens and groups in the population, whom government leaders and other authorities, including the police and so-called mental health experts, have judged to be dissident, problematic, or difficult to control. This is partisan in chronological order because I am summarizing three separate incarceration incidents in the same medical city psych ward that span three different years. Here, one, even if your kids be sent upstairs to the wellness center, you won't allow this because hospital policy states that they can't allow this for people inside the psych ward. Two, even if you have a different psychologist, psychologist outside, your guardians will notify them that you have been sent inside a psych ward. Three, Forget about visits or notifications from so-called friends unless they know you are inside and have the permission from your guardians. Or, forget about anyone empathizing with you once you are out because by then, even people who say you act normal won't discount you are bipolar. And people who may tell you are bipolar will overanalyze every weird quirk you have because they won't educate themselves on what bipolar really is. The force. One, doctors won't diagnose you first and forget about communicating with them. If they think they want to put you on something, because, quote-unquote, it's the new fad, quote, they will. Everything is basically under long-term observation since psychiatry doesn't have any way to monitor an individual otherwise. And the more compliant you are, the more it's blame on the drugs. Rather than environment, so damn if you rebel and damn if you stay compliant. Two, as long as you comply, there's no problem 
but any rebellious attitude will get you diagnosed with something. My doctor will comment that my shock from being sent there may have been my manic episode, even though I felt fully in control of myself. There are even cases where people upon discharge will be injected and be sent to a rehabilitation center without their knowledge, so that is obviously from drug use, but even marijuana users who are victims by parents who treat it as drugs for sincere good will have to endure rehab oftentimes. The fraud. One. Though doctors may be friendly in cases where you aren't involuntarily picked up and sent to a psych ward, this doesn't mean they will inform you that you can't leave prior to being sent inside. Two. Your doctor will not tell you anything until you find out things for yourself or certain circumstances reveal these things. For example, I wasn't notified the medical facility only allows in-hospital staff, which is why my psychologist was in, psychologist was in contact with me. I only found out about it in my third time staying inside the psych ward. 3. On discharge, forget about getting any PTSD treatment regarding the psych ward from any expert because they will all deflect the blame. I've been to two psychologists and three psychiatrists, and the psychiatrist merely change a drug with the psychologist will not be much help, as every activity is done to forget the ward rather than address, address its evils. A psychologist, for example, told me there's no evidence I will be sent to a psych ward. Finally, psych ward staff and people are not informed of why you are sent there, so forget about having any true friends there. Once you're out, you barely contact any of them, though we supposedly all set up meetings for that. And a few do have to live with their own guardians, sending them there that out of fear, maybe just out of lack of friendship, will never interact with them again. I think the biggest problem, though, is how you're supposed to recontact these same experts and not act depressed anymore when your world is breaking down all around you. Since I haven't been sent to prison, this is probably unfair to say, but this is how I feel. Even a prisoner wrongly incarcerated will have his morals of good and evil stay intact, but there is nothing like that in a psych ward. People who wonder why you seem normal will just blame it on stress for why you get sent there. The nightmares you have will all be your own. The little things that will be bother you, such as having your independent field interrupted by psych ward admission, will just be washed aside. Even what type of bipolar disorder you have won't be told to you, at least it won't be for me. Everything, everything is just gone and yet they still want to take something from you. Whether it is the constant visits that ask you some mundane stuff like how was the day, or what role should a child have towards your parent when you just want to scream, fuck, stop wasting my time. Or it be living with guardians that you just want to hurt badly every single time, but all you hear from people are, it's so and so, or I promise we'll never send you back there, or it's cause we are this way, or even little things like my poker room calling me direct but I have no movies made because it was my first time shooting when I was sent to a psych ward. All these motherfucking things whisper at me and tell me to just break down. If I can do something, they'll get me sent to a true mental institution. Or even better, prison, just so that I can have a piece of my sanity back. Landing on the house of bridges with happiness. Quote, just because you are a leech doesn't mean you have to stay as a parasite forever. Wikipedia, Parasite Single, Japanese, Parasaito Shinguru, is a single person who lives with their parents beyond their late 20s or early 30s in order to enjoy a carefree and comfortable life. In Japanese culture, the term is especially used when negatively describing young un unmarried women. Many fitters live for free with their parents as parasite singles. Parents in Japan usually do not force their offspring out of the house. Once the parents die, the children will have to pay for their housing themselves. 
Even if they inherit the house apartment, they still have to bear the cost of ownership. End quote. It may be hard to differentiate the two based on my own modifications of the word leech and parasite, but I trust that if you are truly my doppelganger, you will have experienced the same thing with your parents to understand the below point. A parasite stage will be where, despite being held hostage by your parents, you still passively resolve to let them pay for your needs, and only sometimes request something you need, like a book, and then feel guilty afterwards, and not request anything more from them. A leech, on the other hand, actively strives to set the money as welfare providers give. And while this may be the more evil route for some, I know you know that you are capable of manipulating it toward toward the better end. You, as I in my current state, just have to have more confidence and desire to push the limits towards your present growth. And the fact is pushing the limits is what drew my trauma. The darkness consuming me, I know I had to get away, like literally a piece of this owned, monitored, known, bought by my parents, or else I don't know how long before I sink into my murderous intent. So under the guise of losing weight, I told my parents I was going to Cebu where the Ananda Marga Wellness Center supposedly have an alternative healing center. I did not fly with my parents, so they decided they wanted to go to San Benito's farm. They said because it was nearer, but thank the gods they will find it too expensive. I later choose a detox house in Palawan instead. But rather, I found a place, and they decided they want to have a vacation there in Puerto Princesa without knowing much about the place. All was up well, though, since Venus has been coming with me, and I just want to shout, God damn you. Can't you just leave me alone for once? I'll probably by doing something that will get me sent back to a psych ward. Keep in mind that in my third psych ward, all I had to do was drop the electric and I was sent there. It's safe to say that things weren't turned out like I had planned, but I was willing to gamble the fact that it was, it was still a detox retreat, and as long as I don't go out, I get to have a breathing space away from them. Maybe, just maybe it was enough. Food that blessed the heart. I have to admit, my mind wasn't prepared for what the police had to offer, but damn, you can't just ignore the raw vegan food. Maybe it's because I've been having mostly fast food my entire life, but hot damn, and it's repeating. These are some of the best foods I have tasted. Not just vegan foods, but all foods overall. You have a raw vegan egg-like food that looks like a sunny side-up egg. You have these unique sauces and these vegan kebabs that look so out of this world. The world at this although I didn't get to taste the kebab. Of course, this isn't what you make from a bad did it wipe the problem from my mind. But I can't expect honesty from myself. Okay, this is what cured my trauma. Each day the retreat has two side activities. One of this is this. The Healing Code by uh, from book by Alexander Lloyd with Ben Johnson. It means to heal the source of your health, success, or relationship issues. Now just to clarify, I don't know what healed inside me. All I know is that it is either depression or rage, but one makes the easy, one makes the other easier to rub. Before you expect some singing praises for how this was a miracle or a placebo, let me just clarify that there was no appreciation for the birds chirping or any other positive mindset that happened. All I did was the instructions. While imagining the rays of light coming out of my fingertips in the areas where it is pointed in the video, it's linked in the article. Of course, I can't show it in the podcast. But I have a uh, blog post uh, with these links. I don't know how I'll link it to the podcast, though. But it's trappingph.com. There's no www. Uh, I think I, I'm, I'm not really good at buying domains. Sorry. The Adonis, but this is the three parts. The Adam's apple, the jaw area, one inch above the temple, one inch behind, and the base area where the eyebrows and the nose meet. 
I'm also not a visual person, but as per the instructor told us, you have to focus on a negative image from your past and then replace it as you are doing the movements. To be honest, I was pretty skeptical. The whole thing reminded me of a simplified version of anchoring in LLT. And while I don't know how to do anchors, I wasn't feeling the usual tinglings and anchors supposed to feel. There was no feelings of happiness, for example, surging in my body. Hope maybe that the nightmares would be over, but definitely not happiness. After the exercise was done, I felt a slight tightness in my temple, and my shoulders felt slightly lighter, but there was no effect. It took a while for me to realize that the darkness in my, in my head seems to have dissipated, because there really was nothing grand going on. Maybe anticlimactic, but my trauma was over the better part, minimized. I'd say it was gone, but I wouldn't know since I was in a generally positive place. The possible reasons why it may just be all in my head. Keep in, my, keep in mind that while I may have been in a negative state, I have been reading books that may have been affecting my mindset to begin with. These books are The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, Authoritative Approach to Living a Good Life by Mark Manson, arguably one of the best Buddhist books Buddhist book I've read, though it's not an official Buddhist book. Uh, Eliado M. Goldrat, Gold, 13th Anniversary Edition. Thinking Apple next may already have started me on my road to getting over my trapped state. And New York Times bestselling author Michael Med Medved, the American, the American Miracle, Divine Providence in the Rise of the Republic. This is a book about miracles, so I may not, I may already have set up my brain for, for some spiritual awakening to begin with. On top of it all, I haven't forgiven my parents. The Cornelia Healing book is supposed to be one of the things that, could, that will be cured. The logic wise, the book has to have one point. Quote, Oftentimes, the person I refuse to forgive is not suffering at all from my unforgiveness. After the talks, after, as of now, my opinion on suicide and my circumstance remain the same. I will never receive closure with regards to my grandparents. Forced coercion will always be a fringe petition. The only liberation waiting for me is death, as that is the only place where the government, the institutions, and my bloodline cannot reach me. Plus, if there is a hell, not just a Christian time, I get to live in a new world and everything resets. The only thing worth living for you now is you, doppelganger. If I can get lucky and warn you of the things that may lead to a pitfall in your life, then all will be well. I don't need a child or wife anymore to love, since who knows which one of those will send me back to a psych ward. But I'm no longer afraid of my past, and I offer my present to you. May the future be better for you. It won't be for me. I guess 2007, this is 2020. I'll give one, uh, I'll give 2018 a pass. What two years have changed after the musical tie this together, but there won't be any more details about me for now, as this podcast is long enough. So, to end this podcast, it's been longer than my usual first podcast episode. I hope this length doesn't bother you guys too much. I've often been accused of writing too long that didn't read articles in the web. Uh, I've often shied away from it until I realized. And I, I, I knew the trivia to begin with, but really think on me how Nelson Mandela, Abraham Lincoln, they, they, they talk long, long, long Martin Luther King. I I know I'm not them, but that's why it had it's how it, 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 you get sent to these places and it smacks you upside down because I, I in those places I was forced to talk very long and 
to share and people don't always help but I help one two three I get you, you know those things where you don't you aren't able to calm people but then one guy comes up and they say okay uh, that's you were really awesome in your whatever you said and even though it was slow and I I know sometimes they don't quite they don't understand it as I want them to understand or sometimes I, I as I was excused off I talk I want to insert so much that I am saying a lot of things. I I worked on it and I realized I can say these guys, these people I mentioned, can say long things and still is that they don't make it sound short. They make it sound meaningful. They change. So that's I was able to when you think to me that I was able to combine it, combine it and say, you know what, it's not a crime to say something uh, long and wrong when you can have a chance to say it again in the future to that same person because you're not in prison or because you're near them, because you check up on them or because they are willing to be there for you. So in our days, there's also opposites. There are friends. I don't even know if they're friends, but they'll they'll drain you, you know, they'll they'll use the Bible and then but they they'll not fix their lives. They'll they'll use uh religion, say they it fix them lives, but they don't fix they didn't fix them enough that they have to ask money from me. Uh, there are and then they excuse everybody else of like, oh everybody else is against you, everybody else is just tricking you. And you know, ironically it starts to sink in that every guy who really wants to trick me speaks like that. Uh, and that these people to begin with were, uh, and I'm not even talking about a friend I recently talked to, although that, mem that memory is still fresh. I'm also talking about uh, these guys, like these friendly guys in, who do Bible studies for us. In the, and uh, like Chief Corby Center, uh, kind guy. Some people don't like him, some like him. I mean, I, I praise his uh, honesty, his dignity, and what his works. But then I ask him for help. That did he sometimes does one on one consultation, and he's like, No, you have to tolerate it. This life change recovery center because Jesus, Jesus, you know, the Jesus thing, you have to be tough for Jesus, you have to be tough for God. And he wasn't willing to justify it and look at our side. He just wants to talk about God. And I realize, man, it's not just God. There's a lot of people out there. Uh, they, want, they want to just cook their way for you. And they don't care. And you don't even ask them anymore. And they, they'll just butt in. Because you know what? Uh, they, they don't care. Same thing. You have a messy laptop. Mess it up and you need help. And you, you, you just you just want a person to not add onto onto the onto the oil and then that this person does the cooking part. The next person is on the messenger saying, uh, you should fix yourself because me asking for your money is not me being a bullshitter. Um it is I just you I just bought I just bought five thousand pesos uh worth of cell phone. That's what I did with your last money. Uh, please uh, give me another money, but you're very yabang, you know, before wanting uh, to berate me and all that stuff. And I'm like, 
And then the next guy will be like, Boss, pwede bang kami tumawag? Or, sorry, uh, international audience. Boss, can you, can you, uh, can you, uh, can I call you immediately when my daughter, underage daughter, is uh, pregnant so that we can pay the midwife for money? And I'm saying this guy, I'm like, yeah, I know you're bullshitting once, I know you're bullshitting twice. But I also know that you have a daughter that's really in danger. Ah, I think I found that problem so long ago to begin with when I was helping people. Not big news. But can it not be this thing that these three people bang, 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 bang. And you're trying to, uh, like a, a reference, I use healing codes. I don't know, I don't use them because it, you know, when you're, when like these wards where the, the, there's people who don't even know what a healing code is, they see you do that shit. Uh, some, some things you can get away with, you know, Tai Chi, you can get away, calligraphy, you can get away with that. Uh, not healing codes, man, not healing codes. They're not able to. Uh, maybe they'll ignore you, but it'll turn off other housemates or patients, inmates. They need some people who need them to talk to. So you can't be the weird guy that they don't want to talk to, you know, that they're going to create a different guarded image. And that image is also going to prevent uh, me or them from connecting when we're outside. Because remember, uh, I'm not saying I did this perfectly, but imagine this. I can't talk to a person for three years. Why? Because psychiatrists do not approve fraternizing patient to patient who gets uh, discharged or who gets released. Can you imagine that? Three years. And she's so in belief about this. It's not that she herself believes it, but she got put herself in a situation. So it's time to like, Hello, Mama, Papa, and Mama, Papa is listening to uh, Miss uh, Family Therapist, number one uh, UP awardee person, you know. But the thing is, they don't even realize what's being said. They're so focused on the three years, they don't even realize, okay, maybe the point is just not to talk immediately with these kinds of people. Maybe that's a form of... Uh, there's a trick to that. There's a technique to that to distress de- de- yourself, to, to not create attachment therapy. But no, they don't. They, they, they bought into the words three and years. It's not already about long time. They're not thinking critically anymore. And this is our, these are the, the issues that you're faced with. And then, uh, like, I don't even know how to, like, I'm so stupid, I don't even know how to, upload to YouTube, you know, I have uploaded a few things to YouTube without a video editor, easy enough, but I don't know how to upload quotes, I don't know how, how to upload podcasts, you know, and I should have been learning that stuff, but I'm, you know, I'm a flawed being, I'm not learning, and then people are adding things for me to not learn, these are the stuff that were the same catalyst for why I got sent into the psych ward for the first time. It wasn't insanity. It wasn't mental illness. Because, dude, I've been in my room for seven years. They didn't categorize it as mental illness. When I tell that story to psychiatrists, because they are not Japanese, they they think they don't they understand it some more and equate it with uh, depression. But if I didn't mention it, like 
I just stay in my room. Nobody's gonna send me to a psych ward. You know? And these counselors and and bullshitters, they don't even know they don't even know stuff, man. They don't even know how to be a gambling counselor because they don't study pan histories. They they're like, you're playing in the casino. Oh wait, 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 you're not playing in the casino, you're you're studying hand history for like how many hours and you weren't playing for like how many months? And you have how many money? Nah, 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 let's not talk about that. How about Tikimori? Huh? You don't know what Tikimori is? Dude, the entire culture of Tikimori don't even know what Tikimori is. The government has to define them as not working and being inside the room. And I had to ask a person in Reddit Tikimori, uh, I need to prove for that. And they, they gave me Wikipedia and they're staying there, the government. They're like, dude, come on. We're, we're, we've been fucking living the life. And you're more, more worried about what the government officially states in a Japanese forum. Like this, instead of fixing our lives. And that's a set of series of events that leads to the slippery slope that I will expand on. Uh, next time, but this is why Ikikomori's and mental illness and all the other stuff, uh, they need some shiny truths. And this podcast, if it continues, because hell, you know what, I, I don't have, when I, when I don't see two internet happens, but okay, I'm going to try it on Anchor, I got to have Anchor FM on mobile, oh fuck, my Star Mobile has this weird quirk where it doesn't download the Play Store apps, even though it has the one with the most memory. Ah, like one gig free. But if you restart it, it'll randomly download those apps. Uh, I think I had to clear that cache or something. I don't know what's the problem. And next, the, the two other cell phones are, they're working better. One has better sound output, but they don't have enough memory. Wow, so interesting. So interesting, and then of course it's like all the other apps you have to install. You have you uh, install Discord for like a Discord marketplace, and there's like 500 to 2,000 <laughs> notifications. Because why? I had to learn, man. I have to learn. I don't know. I don't know how to learn the marketplace of Discord. Uh, and people aren't really gonna hand you a platter. They already hand you. Some person already handed me a bunch of this marketplace. I don't know if they're scams or not. You may say. Why not work on better services? Why not work on better business? Dude, you don't understand, do you? But people can send you anytime to a psych ward. Do you really think people can keep up an employment? I couldn't keep up and finish a book. It was gonna be released. I had one month just to shoot an independent film. And they sent me inside. So good night.